today's message is advancing and the Bible says this in Mark 5 41 I say to you arise I say to you arise and that's when Jesus was talking to the dead girl and we know this when you know you will grow you will arise the heart of this series is DNA is to know who we are at TWBC so we can grow and arise to the fullness of who we're called to be and I know God is going to do use you to you do some great and mighty things around the world and in this and in this four state area but also in this 20 mile radius and that's what this whole year is about for us it's reaching it's raising eternal and community hope second Corinthians 10 13 says this but we will boast we will celebrate only in regard to the area of influence that God has assigned to us to reach even you God has given TWBC a specific area of influence and that's that 20 mile radius and what we're gonna do this year is we're gonna reach we're gonna raise eternal and community hope we're gonna ignite nations around the world we're gonna impact a four-state area but we're gonna influence which means change the culture of our 20 mile radius right here of this campus and we want to see God continue to do some culture changing things and how he's gonna do that through this series is the first message of the series talked about authentic relationships we want the our DNA at TWBC to know this that authentic relationships is what we're about not so much with each other first off but first off an authentic relationship with the Father we want to play provide a place for you to connect with the Heavenly Father so when you have a divine connection then our social connections will have something to be built on and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ we also know this that this church is always about having faith in motion having observant action always looking around looking for the opportunities to do what God's called us to do and so we live with our eyes open and we want to be I have our eyes open to every available opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and we want to empower individuals we embrace all individuals by honoring them for who they are not what they can do we want you to know at TWBC we love you just because you're here and you're breathing air amen that's enough. If you are alive and you are drawing breath into your lungs, we love you. We want to honor you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you. We want to provide a place for you to come into relationship with the, with the Father. And so when doing that, we know lives are going to be impacted. And we want to impact lives at TWBC. And how are we going to do that? We do that by this one statement. We love. Amen. We love. We love and we will continue to love individuals in, in every area of life and wherever they're at. And we want to love them right where they're at and bring them into a place where they can find a place to belong. We want people to come and belong at TWBC because we love you. We want you to know that when you belong to us, you're going to start believing like us. And when you believe like us, we're going to see actions in your life happen where you begin to change your lifestyle and live out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so those are the previous five messages. And as we wrap this series up today, we're in a message today called Advancing. Advancing. We commit to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom. That's what advancing means for us at TWBC. We commit to this. We commit to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom. As you can tell by the suit I'm wearing, we commit to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom of God. Amen. We're going to do whatever it takes to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And as we wrap this series up today, I want to touch on the three people in Mark chapter 5 that we've been using throughout this whole series. And Mark chapter 5, verse number 1, this is how Jesus lived his life that was advancing 
in every aspect. Mark 5, 1 says this, and they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Genesaries. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him there, a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and wrenched the chains apart, and broke the shackles into pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Verse number 14 says this, then the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and the country, this is after Jesus had delivered him, and the people came to see what had happened. And they came and saw Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Jesus is advancing the kingdom of God. And then the next part of the story is Mark 5, 24. It says, and a great crowd thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under the care of many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, even if I touch his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her her body she was healed of that disease and then the third part of the story is this mark 5 39 through 43 and when he had entered he said to them why are you making such a commotion and weeping the child is not dead but sleeping and they laughed at him but he put them all outside and took the fa child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was and taking her by the hand he said to her Child, uh, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And immediately they were overcome with amazement, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. As you read these accounts, there is one common result in Jesus' lifestyle. He is always advancing the kingdom of God. The Gospels, when they were being written, it is always about Jesus advancing the kingdom of God. That's why I love the Gospel of Matthew. He always said this, the kingdom of God is at hand. And everything he did was about advancing the kingdom of God and getting kingdom results in the kingdom of God. And as you read these accounts, especially the ones in Mark 5 that we're doing with, Jesus was doing one thing as he was advancing. He was committed to his cause, amen? He was committed to seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ go forward. I love the Mark chapter 5. It starts out, he was on a boat, crossed to the other side of the sea, healed a man that had a crazy lifestyle, living with dead people, dirty, nasty, stinky, and he changed his life, got back in a boat, went to the other side of the sea, got off the boat, and crowds of people were waiting on him. And as they walked up to the crowds, a woman pressed in and touched him, and he stopped everything. He stopped everything for the woman. And he looked at her and he said, your faith has healed you. Go. And then he didn't stop there. He went after somebody said, the girl is already dead. He was committed to advancing the kingdom of God. And being committed to advancing the kingdom of God, he raised her from the dead. But the funny thing about these three stories as we read these is as Jesus is advancing the kingdom, the response that people had may not always be what you expected. As Jesus was advancing the kingdom, and as we are committed to advancing the kingdom of God, the first group of people, after they saw what Jesus had did, and the dude sitting there in his right mind, completely clothed and normal, the people were afraid and told them to leave. Now I'm starting to think, what? When the power of God showed up in an amazing way, and Jesus advanced the kingdom like they had never seen before, the people's response was they were afraid and they asked him to leave. 
The second account, when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, the response to all the people, the disciples included, was this. They were perplexed, and they asked questions. They were perplexed at what happened. A woman touched him, and Jesus stopped everything and said, who touched me? And the disciples looked around perplexed, thinking, well, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And he said, no, somebody touched me, touched me. And they began to ask who would have touched him. And Jesus picked the lady out in the crowd and told her that her faith had made her well. And then the final one, when the girl was raised from the dead, and Jesus' first response, you know when you're going to advance the kingdom of God, and you make a God-sized declaration that she's not dead but sleeping, the people are going to laugh at you. Right? Many times when you make a big faith statement that you're going to do something and you're committed to advancing the kingdom of God, sometimes the response isn't clapping in applause. Sometimes it's like, ha, 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 you're going to do what? I remember 18 years ago when we planted the church. There are a lot of people thinking, ha, ha, you're going to do what? I'm going to start a church. You're going to, really, you're going to start a church? Yeah, I'm going to start a church. What are you qualified where are your qualifications? How are you going to start a church? Here's how you start a church. You open up a place for people to meet. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The only qualification you need is Jesus himself. Yeah. And the people in Jesus' time laughed at Jesus when he made a faith statement. I've been laughed at when I've made faith statements. And people will laugh when you make faith statements, but you've got to be committed to advancing the kingdom of God. Amen. And also the people there. The Bible says this, they were amazed at what Jesus did after the girl was raised again from the dead. As the kingdom advancement takes place as TWBC, we've seen these same responses as well. We've seen people come in afraid of TWBC because they don't know who we are. Y'all are that church out there. And I don't know if out there is a location or they're just saying that we're out there, right? Y'all are that church out there. And I've seen people's responses when we talk to them about the church that's out there. They say two things. We love the reports we hear about you, but we're also afraid to come join you. Right? So y'all are the elite. Amen. Y'all joined up. Y'all stepped in. Y'all are advancing the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we've received some of these same responses. We've also said when we're from the Way Bible Church, people are like, oh, And then they don't know if their their face really said what their their body language was saying. But then they're perplexed and ask questions. And they begin this questioning thing. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? And our answer is always this. Just come join in the fun. Come join in what God is doing. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing thing. And also we get this response. I am amazed at what God is doing in your church. Amen. When we said last week we had eight baptisms and we said today we have six baptisms, I told some pastors that last week and their their response was this, we haven't had 14 baptisms in 14 years. (laughs) No no, no lie. No lie. And I stand there and, and when I tell them reports about what God is doing, amazement happens. But we are committed to advancing the kingdom of God with fearlessness and and daring ways of doing the work of God. So much so that we will change culture in our 20-mile radius. And I want to encourage you on this as you join in and jump in with TWBC. We commit that we're going to advance the kingdom of God. So I also commit to you this. You're going to get some of those same reactions in your personal life. Some people are going to be afraid of you. until they need prayer. Then they're going to go to that Bible-believing church 
that believes the word of God, that stands on the word of God, that believes Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, that miracles did not pass away with the apostles, that miracles are still alive and well today, that born-again salvation still happen every day in the body of Christ, that we believe God can do a movement like we've never experienced before, and we're going to make a big state faith statement, and we're going to step out there and say, God, if you're going to do a movement, do it through us. Do it through us. Because I don't want to be a part of the church that's on the outside looking in. <laughs> if God's going to do a movement, I want to be in on that thing. And I want to encourage you that as we commit to you, we commit to daring and fearless advancing of the kingdom of God. I'm also committing to you this. You're going to get some weird looks sometimes. There are some people who will no longer be your friend because you go to this church. It's happened. But look, you got a whole bunch of brand new friends. And we're more than friends. We're family that's going to stick with you and stick together with you as we advance the kingdom of God together. And you want to know how we're going to win over this whole region? We're not going to win over the region because we're advancing. We're going to win over the region because we love. Because we love. We're going to influence this 20-mile radius because we love. How do we advance being daring and fearless it's we love daring and fearlessly. It's because we love daring and fearlessly. And we're going to love people who walk in this building daring and fearlessly. I'm going to love you so much I don't leave you alone. Right? I'm going to love you so much that, 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 that we begin to ask you to be involved more in the church than ever before. We're going to love you so much that we want you to not just come in and spectate, but come in and take part of what God is doing right here at TWBC. But listen, listen to this. Your response that you get from people will be Christ-like. Now, I want to read this verse to you. The Bible says this in Matthew 5, 11 and 12. It says, um, it, it says, blessed are you when people revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you, uh, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when somebody makes fun of you because you're in a Bible-believing church that sees the kingdom of God advancing, hey, you're in the company of the prophets. Hey, you, you, you can hang your hat up there with Isaiah and Jeremiah. You can hang your hat up there with Jesus. And you know what? I quit worrying about people making fun of me a long time ago. Thus, you can wear a suit like this and not really worry about some things. You know? I quit worrying about getting made fun of. Because if the world makes fun of me and heaven's celebrating it, hey, I'm ready for a heavenly celebration. I'm ready to see God do something so great in our day that we begin to transform this region like never before. And so we commit to you as a church that we are going to advance the kingdom of God. In doing that, I need y'all to hang with me here this morning, all right? Give me a C. Give me an H. Give me an A. a. Give me an N. N. Give me a G. G. Give me an E. G. What does that spell? Change. You got to be willing to change. Okay? Right. If we're going to advance and move forward, you can't stay the same in where you're at. That's good. That's good. If we're going to advance and move forward, we can no longer settle with an attitude that, hey, I want my four and no more in the church. We can no longer settle for the attitude of, I like church the way it is and I hope it never changes. 
If you come in with that expectation, I'm going to tell you I'm going to rock your world because we will always be growing and changing as a church. Listen, the hardest struggle we have as a parent is this. My little baby just graduated from kindergarten. And, and Joel, the one who doesn't get emotional, I got kind of emotional. But I would be silly to think that God gave me a baby and he wouldn't grow and wouldn't change. We would be silly to think as a church that God says plant a church, but don't ever grow and don't ever change. If every area of life, from plants to animals to people to, to every area of life, when they're born, they grow and they change, and the church is a living organism, the church should be constantly growing, constantly changing, constantly advancing the kingdom of God as we move forward. And so we commit to you this, daring and fearless expansion. Listen, it's not the cutting edge we're after, but the kingdom edge we're after. At TWBC, we're not after the cutting edge. I'm not in competition with mega churches around the world. I'm not in competition with other churches in our area. I could care less about being cutting edge. I care very much about being kingdom-minded, though. So at TWBC, it's not about being cutting edge. It's about being kingdom-edged. We want to be at the very forefront of what God is doing in the kingdom. Now listen, in doing that, we are pioneering something. And when you pioneer something, you're out there by yourself sometimes. As a church, I'm not afraid to do things with other churches, but I'm also not afraid to do something alone. As a church, and we advance the kingdom of God, I'm not afraid to get 20 churches together and we do a community movement because we've done it before. I'm also not afraid to step out there and say, if nobody wants to do it with us, we'll do it on our own and we'll do it with the kingdom of God because I've heard the voice of God. He's saying, advance the kingdom of God in the Northeast Texas area and we're gonna advance and we're gonna do it fearlessly and we will be daring in how we do it. But we're not after cutting edge. We're after kingdom edge. We're after doing what God would want us to do in the kingdom. And if we're praying for a movement in our area that has never been seen before, we're going to have to do something that's never been seen before. Right? See, a lot of people, they, they say, well, I want God to use me like he's never used anybody before. Well, then you have nothing to follow. <laughs> and he's bringing you out there all by yourself because you're wanting him to do something that's never been done with you before through you. When we planted this church 18 years ago, we said, Father, use this church to do something in our area that's never been done before. And since then, we've been doing things that have never been done before. But in doing that and knowing that, you gotta realize sometimes being a pioneer is a lonely place. And so that's why being part of the TWBC family is so important. So we can lean on one another. We can rely on one another. And when God calls you to do some big, crazy step of faith, you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with us, the church, the family, the house of God. So we commit to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. This is why Jesus was so revolutionary. He was doing things that had never been seen before and never been done before. Matthew 9, 33 says this. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds marveled, saying this. Never was anything like this seen before in Israel. If we want to see God touch our region, 
we want people to say about our church. Never in the Northeast Texas area have we seen a church do that before. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all are freaking out on me right now. I can see it on your faces. I've never wanted to be a part of something called normal. I always wanted to be a part of something called kingdom. And we commit to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom of God. Now the question is, are we willing to advance? Are we willing to advance? Now listen, this may get under some of your religious skin here, but, but many of us sing this song, it's called Oceans. And you know what, you know it? it says, Spirit lead me where my trust is without border. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. You sing that, but you're a dang liar. Because as soon as your feet get out on the water, oh God, help us! Right? As soon as your world starts getting rocked because God's pulling you farther than your feet have ever wandered, we freak out and we run back. And we say, surely, God, God, you wouldn't abandon me. He didn't abandon you. He just got you out from where your feet were, have never wandered before, just like you prayed and sung. So if you don't mean it, don't sing it. Do you not understand when you praise and when you worship, it's your commitment to the Father that you're making? When we sing Jesus walk into the room, we really want everything to change. We want to see dead people rise. We want to see God do those things. So when I sing that, I'm singing it expecting it. If you're singing it to feel good, quit singing. I'd rather be the lone voice in the crowd singing if I'm singing it by faith because I really want to see it. Now listen, if you really do mean this, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders, then you better sing it. But you better be ready to advance in your own life because of it. I've prayed that prayer. Father, lead me. And he's brought me into some places where all I had was trust in him. He's brought me into some environments where my life was literally on the line for the gospel. Literally. I don't tell all those stories when I come home. I'm encouraging you to go on mission trips, amen. <laughs> encouraging you to get out there. Beyond your borders where your feet have never wandered, Amen. But if we're going to pray those things, are we really deep down in our heart willing to advance? Because the start of the death of every church is an area called complacency. The start and the death of every church begins with complacency. That God, we're satisfied. We're satisfied with our building being this size. We're not willing to put it on the line and take that next step of faith and go bigger. God, we're satisfied with just two services on Sunday morning. I don't feel like putting it out for a third service on Sunday morning, except on Easter. We're satisfied. Complacency is the start and the death of every church. And if we ever get complacent as a church, we've gotten away from our DNA, what made us who we are. And so 100 years from now, when I'm watching TWBC from a heavenly perspective, amen, thank you, Jesus. This church will have the DNA of we are committed to daring and fearless expansion of the kingdom of God. Amen. And we watch God begin to do amazing things. 
God never called us to safe places. He always called us to faith places. And will you go to where faith has got to carry you? I'm so proud of you as a church because some of y'all came here and it took all the faith you had in your life to walk through those doors. Because for the first time in your life, you walked into a non-denominational church that believes in the giftings and the power of God and the, and the gifts of the church with, with miracle signs and wonders and, and, and prayer languages and everything else. And you, you took all the faith that you had to get outside of what you've known all your life and say, I'm going to walk through the doors of that church. And I am so big on loving on people the first time they walk through the doors because I know how big of a step of faith it is to walk into a new place. And the minute you walk into a new place, you're walking into this place by faith. And some of you, your families have even ridiculed you for coming to this church. <laughs> Thank you for sticking it out. Some of you, the ones who ridiculed you, now come to this church. Amen. Thank you for sticking it out. But we have to, as a church and as an individual, be committed to this, that we're going to advance the kingdom of God, daring and fearless expansion of his kingdom. And watch what God begins to do in us. So let's talk about expansion. What does expansion look like? A lot of people like to say this. I, I hear a, a lot of people uh, of other generations say this. Give me that old-time religion. I read that and I hear that. I don't believe in give me that old-time religion. Why would I want the, what should be the most progressive area of my life in an old-timey sense that is not progressing and moving forward. Your Christian walk should be the most progressive area and most advancing area of your life. More than your career, more than your finances, more than anything else. And why would I want to apply some old-time religion into what should be the most progressively advancing area of my life? It's kind of like this. Why would I still want to go around in a horse and a buggy when I got a Jeep? Henry Ford, I'll never forget this quote I read from him. It was an amazing quote. He said, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have said, faster horses. He had a dream of a car. Yes. If I were to ask the people what they want, they would have said, faster horses. I don't want you, uh, I, and, and I understand the sentiment of give me that old time religion. But I don't want you being stuck in an area and not progressively advancing forward. I don't want you to get stuck in what you've always known or what you always thought was right. I promise, if I am not growing and changing as a pastor, if you don't see me grow and change as a pastor in the next two years, you need to fire me and bring in another pastor. And I'm telling you that not as a faith statement, I'm telling you that as an accountability statement. And we should all hold ourselves to that same thing. Why in the world should my Christian walk not be so changing that every two years I look like a completely different grown-up believer? Yes. You know, I looked at a picture of my oldest son from three years ago. Doesn't even look the same. But I look at some of our spiritual walks and they haven't changed in 10 years. If every area of our life grows should our Christian walk not be the same? So what does expansion of the kingdom of God look like? It's advancing in your personal private walk. It should be the most progressive area of your walk. I believe the church should also be the most innovative area of our culture and produce the most innovative methods to advance the kingdom of God. Yes. 
I believe the church, there's so much creativity in the church. It's just we've been of the mindset of we can't change, we don't need to change, don't buck the system. I believe there's so much intelligence and so much knowledge and so much creativity in the church that we should be the most innovative group of people in the whole culture, but develop the most innovative methods to expand the kingdom of God. Listen, Facebook should have been invented by a believer. Yes, because it's out there in the hearts and in the minds of every believer. We, have, we serve God who is omniscient, all-knowing, possesses all knowledge. And if he possesses all knowledge and we're his kids and he wants to download that into us, why should the church not be the most innovative and have the most innovative methods of expanding the kingdom of God? Why are we always trying to copy the world's method of doing things? We must begin to be advancing and expansion of every area. Now listen to this. I love this verse about God. It says, 1 Samuel 2 and 3, it says, For the Lord is a God of knowledge. I've never heard a pastor tell me that before. Oh, God is spirit. We know God's spirit, and you must worship him in spirit and truth. But it says here that the Lord is a God of knowledge. And if he possesses all knowledge... Why can't he download some creative idea in the heart and in the mind of a believer that would revolutionize the way the gospel is spread around the world? See, I think we've tried to keep God in a little box. And we've always said, well, we can't do that in the church. Why can't we? We can't do that in the church. Why can't we? We are committed to advancing. Amen. Fearless and daring expansion of the kingdom of God. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with innovative methods in the church, but listen to this. They must be redeemed. There's nothing wrong with innovative methods in the church, but they must be redeemed. Everything in your life must be redeemed for the kingdom of God. Everything. Everything must be redeemed. Just because you're born again does not mean everything you possess have been redeemed for the kingdom of God. Okay, then this is a big problem in the church. Just because you possess it doesn't mean it's been redeemed for the kingdom of God. The paycheck you just got paid for on Friday or Monday when you get it, the Bible says it must be redeemed. Therefore, give a tenth off the very first of it and it redeems the other 90% of it. Everything must be redeemed, including your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. Everything must be redeemed. See, a lot of us have gifts, but they haven't been redeemed, so we haven't been using them for the kingdom. That's good. Now, I'm so grateful that Andy Crouch has redeemed his gift of smoking briskets. Thank you, Jesus. And he's using it for the kingdom of God. I don't know how many fundraisers he's done selling brisket sandwiches for the kingdom of God. The problem is everything in your life must be redeemed. Your Jeep that sits out in your driveway. As I say, I was preaching about myself because I have the Jeep. It must be redeemed for the kingdom of God. There's a reason many of your vehicles aren't used for the kingdom. It's because you've never redeemed them for the kingdom. You've never said, God, I commit this vehicle to you. I'm redeeming it for kingdom purposes. Whatever you would have me do in this vehicle to expand your kingdom, I'm open and I'm obedient. And right now, I commit to advancing the kingdom of God with this vehicle. You are now redeemed for the kingdom of God. And I'll even go so far to say is when you redeem something for the kingdom of God, his blessing doesn't just come up on you. It comes on whatever you redeemed. Therefore, the reason my mom's car can go 563,000 miles, amen, not quite that much, but it's close, 
and never break down because I'm sure she's redeemed it for the kingdom of God. Everything must be redeemed for the kingdom. If you have a gift, a talent, and an ability that you're using, I'm going to ask you, have you redeemed it for the kingdom first so God can then pour a blessing on your gift, your talent, and your ability? Now, I want you to think about this when you go home and you're driving around your house or walking around your house, driving around the city in your car. What have we not redeemed in our city for the kingdom of God? The Bible says this, I will give you every place you set your foot. So we've walked all over this city, but I don't know how much redemptive work we've done of redeeming it for kingdom purposes. I love the way they're doing our downtown square. I think it looks beautiful. But we ought to get some believers out on the courthouse steps to start redeeming it for the kingdom purposes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we're not just into building a church. We're into transforming culture. And that consists of government as well. And school systems as well. We must start redeeming everything for the kingdom of God. And what we're doing it for is, I want to make this very clear because we've done it from the beginning, the kingdom is with a capital K. The kingdom is with a capital K. It has always been clear at our church, and we will continue to make it clear, it is always about Jesus, and it is always about his kingdom, and it is not about building a TWBC empire. It is always about Jesus first. It is always about our Savior. It is always about the gospel going forth. It is always about expanding his kingdom. It is not about building a name called TWBC that is a household product. I don't want TWBC to be a household product. I want Jesus to be a household application in everybody's life. And if he uses TWBC to do it, praise God. We will always remain very clear and singular focused on this. And listen, I'll go so far as to say this. It's not about Joel T. Meyer writing books. It's not about Joel T. Meyer being on websites. It's not about Joel T. Meyer being a streaming live during second service. It's not about any of that. It is about kingdom, capital K, not an empire that anybody is individually building or a church is trying to build. And so when you go forth, when God says he wants to use a ministry through you, guess what? You have the support of TWBC. You have the support that God says, hey, they're trying to do this. We're going to step in and walk with you in it and help you do it. That's why I'm so sincere every Sunday morning when a family joins. Say, whatever God calls you to do, you're welcome to do it right here with us. Why should I limit what God is trying to do? So it is about expanding the kingdom with a capital K. And it's kingdom, not empire. And we will always stay in that realm because if we're going to develop and we're going to function and if we're going to reproduce, it's going to be because of the DNA that's found in the kingdom of God, not something we create at TWBC. So I want to ask you in your personal life, a very pointed question Have you been building your empire or are you expanding his kingdom? Because I see a lot of people that go to church and I love that you go to church, but church is just a sidebar in your life. Church is just a a byproduct of what you do. It's part of the weekly schedule that you're on. It's part of the norm in your life or are you so focused on building your own personal empire so I can retire at 65 
so I can do this or I can do that or I can do this or I can one day get away for this great vacation? Are we so concerned with building our own personal empires that we've lost sight of the capital K in our life? Are we living for the capital K or are we living to build an empire for me? You know,